A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. review that uh, and it was great and not everybody does it not everybody has to but it's really awesome when people do and the username was Danny shoe one so I just wanted to say thank you Danny shoe one for the uh, the review and the rating and come find us on Instagram and Facebook and say hi and yeah we'd love to uh, to uh, to hear from you check us out Danny shoes <laughs> when you're done working and- at the Zappos factory <laughs> And I wanted to, you know, Jerry, full disclosure, huh. I think that's that's kind of important mm. in this particular line of conversation. Um, we're going to do karma today, K for karma, and yeah. we already recorded an entire conversation yeah. that due to technical difficulties was not meant to be. Yeah. No, I guess so, not. That's a great way of so, looking at it. Instead of me <laughs> angrily cooking dinner, being like, Fuck. How was dinner? It was delicious. It, it was delicious. Oh, okay, I'm not as angry now because I ate dinner and now I feel great. I'm ready. I'm ready to, for uh, take two. Take two. So I didn't, you know, it's, I don't really want to try and recreate the conversation, but yeah. I think that we can, we can hit some of the other finer points, but you started, you had, can you look up the dictionary definition of karma yeah. for us there? Do you uh, have that? Karma is uh, from the Sanskrit word karman which is action or effect or fate and it is the uh, sum of a person's actions in this and previous states of existence viewed as deciding their fate in future existences okay yeah you want the and, an informal definition is destiny sure. or fate following as effect De- from cause effect from cause which we should have put in we should have mentioned the first time around well, we have we have we've been given a second chance, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you, great bear in the woods. All right. Uh, so we wanted to talk about karma in the way of um, in the frame of recovery. And I love this idea of action and of um, different uh, not planes of existence, but different. What, what was the definition again? It was different. Oh. It was uh, the sum of a person's actions in this and previous states of existence. Previous states of existence. And we talk about being alcoholics. There's definitely previous states of existence. (laughs) Yes, there was a definite previous state of existence. Absolute drunkenness and debauchery and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of um, dark and heavy emotions. And karma is I think we both agree that karma is this sort of instantaneous thing. It's not people think of karma and they think, oh, if you steal a candy bar and then you get caught. Right. Or you, you know, you rob a bank and then maybe you don't get caught and then you and your partners fight over the money and somebody shoots you in the face because they didn't want to share it with you. Bam. But karma is definitely for me a much more internal thing and a much more instantaneous thing. You know, when you, when you lie or cheat or steal, that's that instant feeling. I think of just feeling bad about it Mm -hmm. that lingers with you. Yes. 
and you know some people maybe it doesn't linger with them as long and maybe they don't have problems and it, but it's there and it adds up and um i think it's important to recognize those things cuz we're all we're fallible human beings and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to do dumb bad things and i think the you know the hope is that at least for me that i try to do better bad things yeah <laughs> i try to make better mistakes <laughs> better i think mistakes. i've said that before that's a great way of looking at it yeah um and it's it's such a funny it's such a funny thing to think about doing good um especially when you when you're drinking all you can think about is protecting yourself and trying to do everything you can to get a drink and it's this this drive of fear and anger and manipulation and it's all to serve this one awful thing where it's like I just need my drink I just need my drink and I just need my drink right and that that protection of the ego which I think we mentioned before mm-hmm. um and I don't know how you felt when you were drinking versus now and karmically if there was any karma or if you felt in early recovery yeah, uh, I feel like, you know, the sense of karma, I felt I had a sense of morality. I understood that sure. my negative actions would always reverberate back to me. You know, they'd ripple back um, even while I was drinking. But but then I would just drink to deal with, with the shitty feelings, you know. So all I was doing was like getting fucked. It was like the cycle. You get fucked up, you act like an asshole you take advantage of people you lie to people you manipulate you cheat and then you wake up with a moral physical hangover and then you repeat the process in order to alleviate the actions of the night before which is mm-hmm. almost like a karmic hell if you think about it because you're just basically walking in a circle constantly um early recovery i didn't really i don't know i don't know i, I like I had mentioned earlier, which I don't know if I want to keep referring to the previous podcast because we've left it behind us. But like <laughs> yes. in early recovery, I, I feel like I was pretty shook in the beginning. So it was hard for me to think about any karma whatsoever. I was more scrambling to just kind of get my life straight and get my head straight, and my shit straight. And mm-hmm. um, Honestly, though, as I recovered more and kind of found some stability within my life where my obsession for alcohol was starting to abate and kind of lessen, uh, then I really sat down and really felt a lot of remorse for my previous actions. I don't know if that is part of karma in of itself, but it's definitely a conscious thing. You know, it's definitely Mm -hmm. being conscious of my actions, which I I guess could be a product of karma or in the spiritual sense, karma, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah, I in early recovery, I know that I felt really a lot of it. I felt really horrible. <laughs> you know, it yeah, was not this. I did not have a um, bright light and it did not feel good <clears throat> at first. And so there was a lot of sort of ruminating about my bad behavior and my bad decisions and all the th- and just the general bad feeling. And um, like, oh, and so this is my punishment now going going to recovery <laughs> meetings, you know? And so that, cause there was a period where I didn't want to go and I really fucking hated it. Yeah. And I went anyway yeah. because I felt like there was this idea of punishing myself. Yeah. And I know that you, you've, you've done the same thing, uh, all the way to the point of you, we've talked about that, the suicidal thoughts that come with that idea of punishing yourself for yeah. being a bad person. Yeah. yeah. 
And that somehow if I can, if I can punish myself, then I can continue to behave badly because I deserve it. Mm -hmm. But then I need to behave badly because I behave badly. And then that sort of, like you said, that karmic cycle of hell, that karmic hell cycle Mm -hmm. happens. Right. And so it's, I don't think it's just sort of cause and effect. It doesn't, it didn't feel that way. Like, oh, this half of my life was, was lived in suffering and pain and, and bad behavior. And so now I'm going to make up for it. Yeah. Cause I don't know that you really can balance that out. I mean, you just do the best you can and, um, really what is, what I, what I require is a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. that sort of that idea of, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to be a human being. That idea of a sp- we're 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 a spiritual being having a human experience. Right. Who was it that said that? Who was that? That's that was- um that's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. No, but and but he's absolutely right though. He really is. I agree with that statement. So I think that once I realize that and I go, oh, okay, so this is just the human experience, and part of that human experience is dealing with. <clears throat> making mistakes and being selfish and having, um, having being selfish and having problems of, of my ego and having to feed that ego and having to coming from a place where that's all that I ever did. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that in the throes of active alcoholism, it was absolutely about no one else. It didn't matter friends family not necessarily yeah no it wasn't i also i don't know if i really had the conscious thought in my head constantly of of like i gotta get that drink it was more like triggers to me you know the day was Mm -hmm. shit i'm gonna have a drink the day was great i'm gonna have a drink fuck i don't have enough money to get a drink i need to find a drink oh i need to drink you know but um i don't i I lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> I got caught in my own karmic hell there. Like, uh, I, hell. I, but I, I always, I, I had, I don't know, man. I just, I never felt like it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I cheated on my girlfriend. Now someone's going to fucking break into my car. Like, I didn't think of it in that way. Well, yeah, yeah. because it's not, it's not an external thing. No, right? it's, it's the, it's the immediate, um, feeling and the, and the, um, the, the metaphor I like to use, and it's actually not a metaphor, it's a reality, but when you're in your car, when I'm in my car, yeah. and I'm on the freeway, and I'm stuck in traffic, and people aren't driving the way that I want them to drive, and they're either cutting me off or not going fast enough, and I get really upset, and I get really angry, and I'm like yelling at them, and I'm screaming at them, and I'm calling them names, and <clears throat> which causes me to drive worse and worse and worse, and then that makes me even more frustrated. And the only one who's having that experience is me. Yep. It's literally bouncing off, reverberating off of the windshield and hitting me right back in the face. Right. Yeah. There's nobody else. There's there's thousands of people on the hundreds of people on the road and nobody's having that experience yep. except for me. You and your road rage convection oven, dude. <laughs> Heating yourself right? up with the rage, dude, against the machines around the, you. It's that's good. That's good. You yeah. Write a little poetry. A down little there. poem there about your your Subaru Outback convection oven. Just <laughs> fucking. But but do you? you I know, know what, what I you mean, mean though. We yeah. do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd use the analogy of it being a mirror, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're you're, ref, you're basically reflecting back to yourself what you're putting out. It, it's 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 weird to talk on because I can't 
I, in all honesty, I can't sit here and say, oh, I figured it out. I'm this, this, I understand no. karma. I'm completely mindful because there is so much power in negativity and there is so much fucking strength and negativity at least internally that's what you're thinking i have power mm-hmm. i have strength cynicism is so easy but cynicism is also very powerful it's like a vest it's like a bulletproof vest because you're like they won't fuck me over because i'm gonna fuck myself over first or i'm gonna fuck over my thinking so that they can't fuck me over or the negativity is like i won't make myself vulnerable so by being negative i put up a shield and then i've just come to expect the worst constantly and so when you push all that out that's all you're gonna get it's like when i wrote graffiti for years and i did i did graffiti i was breaking the fucking law it's what i did and i found myself hanging around with all manner of criminals not just graffiti writers i mean i was hanging out with drug dealers and people who professional shoplifters like you would give them like 40 bucks and be like go get me some jankos and a fucking fresh jive t-shirt and they got you man you know, nice new starter jacket. New starter jacket, you know, and so I'm around <laughs> all these people, I'm associating with them, but it's that negativity I'm putting out brings me within a negative element. That criminality I was putting out put me in a criminal element. Now, I don't regret those days. I want to put that out there too in case one of my old graffiti friends hears this podcast and they're like, oh, fuck, Wagner, you sold out. Because <laughs> I feel like they were beneficial to my personality, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that in a karmic sense, you push out negative you're going to get negative back. Negative people will gravitate towards you. And sometimes there can be constructive things made from negativity and from cynicism, but to indulge Mm -hmm. yourself to the point where it affects every action around you, it affects your quality of life, it affects your mindfulness and what's happening in the moment, that's a huge detriment. I mean, it's just, you're just not going to accomplish anything but being like, you know, fuck the world and fuck you too. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's not a, um, but positivity can be very powerful Probably as well. Probably more powerful, but it's harder to do. <laughs> See, yeah. there's the rub. It's more difficult, you know? This is true. I mean, I, I think that our brains, and certainly our alco- my alcoholic brain, mm-hmm. um, likes to rest in that, that's, that <clears throat> feeling of negativity. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go for my jog. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get up when I said I was going to get up. Mm-hmm. I just want to rest, and I want, you know, your brains are... The brain is 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 trained. It's developed to do the least amount possible. Yeah. And if it can find an easier way, it's going to do that. Right. And so to get to find that momentum to be positive and happy is no. You're right. It's not always easy, and it's not it's not always forthcoming. And in fact, it <clears throat> sometimes it doesn't even feel good. And you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Fuck that. It's not anywhere. I'm not in there. I'm not in that space. Why am I going to try and be positive for what? Right. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert on any of this either, man. I mean, we're just part of this is just trying to figure it out on our own. Yeah. And well, with each other, not on our own. Yes. You and I yeah. holding hands in a tunnel of love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was that a, that was a good Springsteen. That was, was an album song. It was yeah. a good jam actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the tunnel of love, man. We are in our forties, you know? <laughs> this is true. And so like you then have to what happens is in recovery I start to retrain my brain mm-hmm. and I start to do things and again this didn't come this is like three and a half years later these things that I'm talking about. Yeah. They didn't start in 2015. Right. They started like this summer. Right. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> this was <clears throat> 
so this 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 idea of of positive karmic energy and pushing it out there mm-hmm. <clears throat> was not something that I even I even had an idea about. And we talked about you know I think our last episode or well, a couple episodes back we talked about inspiration and about you know creativity and stuff like that. And so I write every single morning and I get in my notebook. And I know I mentioned this to you and uh-huh. talking about previous states of existence. But so at the end of all of my journal um, entries, I've now just started signing it. I love you. Yeah, because it's still adorable, man. It still touches my heart. You know, I, I have <laughs> to you have to you have to love yourself. And yeah. honestly, I, I, I write it down because I'm not I don't think that I'm there yet. I still have these ideas and these thoughts um, where, you know, if I'm not doing any, you know, if, if I'm not doing anything, I'm a loser. Yeah. And if I am accomplishing things, then I'm a fraud. Right. And that's what my brain says to me. And Mm -hmm. that idea of how do you, you know, how do you, how did you get to a point where you like yourself, where you feel good about yourself? Right. I I mean, for you. Oh, well, I mean, at this point, I don't know if I can honestly say I love myself unconditionally. I don't know if anybody, I think the only person I've ever met who can really love themselves unconditionally is my wife and my daughter. Those are like the two people I know who can like look at themselves in the mirror and be like, you're fucking pretty hype. What's up? Whereas like I, I, my whole process was that when I finally had started to alleviate the obsession of alcohol and I I started to do actual work on myself and, 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 you know, help myself. Um, it all started with going from hating myself to like, just tolerating myself to like standing myself. And then from there it was like, all right, I kind of like you, you know? And at this point I think I could say I like myself a lot and it goes into love every once in a while, but I usually just, I, I have to look at myself and go, you're doing a great job. I love is mm-hmm. love is such a big it's it's such a big word to try to attain it seems like an impossibility at times you know but it, it is attainable um but for what i did was i just had to like really just learn how to even just mm-hmm. stand to be in the room with myself and then from there it's just you work you just work you just work on yourself you work on your processes and you kind of get down and figure out why you do the things you do and what your patterns are and then what can you do to avoid those patterns you know mm-hmm. and then after a while you're like wow i've done some hard work it's like lifting those little tiny dumbbells i lift every day eventually <laughs> i'm gonna see some progress even though it's been months it takes a long time it takes a long time rome wasn't built yeah. in a day right no man john's got a long way to go too yeah me it, too man it's <laughs> it, it, and you're right. It does, it's not. It's not something that comes. It's not. Doesn't come right away. And it certainly hasn't. It's been like I said, three and a half years. Yeah. And one of the things with karma um, that I wanted to talk about was the. A lot of it is trying to dissolve your ego. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ego is this thing that is, for many people, very fragile, and certainly for an alcoholic who is heavily drinking is a very fragile thing. Alcoholics uh, that I've known and myself are just wrought with anxiety and fear and sadness and depression. And so this ego is always trying to protect itself. It's like, okay, we can organize things in a way that works for us, that we will not get hurt. Mm -hmm. We will not even allow ourselves. And when you realize that, and this is something that I, I heard from an Alan Watts 
speech that the ego doesn't exist. And that's a terrifying thing for the ego. Right. <laughs> right. Right. This, it doesn't exist. It's not, it isn't anywhere. We are, I am not me. I know that sounds crazy, but <clears throat> the way that I'm trying to understand it, despite my ego is that I'm, I am not myself. Yeah. What was it I used to, I used to say that one time when you were tattooing this my is, this calf? This is not my leg. I just told this, this story is, to a woman the other day. This is not my leg. This is not my leg. This is not my leg. And it hurt. It was like three and a half hours, and I had to have him stop like three times. And, you know, and I just kept saying, this is, I am not, I am not my leg. I am not my leg. And I detached myself from my leg. And I don't know that the pain stopped, but I was able to manage it because I was not my leg. Yes. And so, so I think <laughs> in some weird way that I am not myself, I am not my ego. And if I get out of that by pushing out, like you said, positivity into the mirror right. of the world of life or whatever, the hope is that that positivity will come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is the what's the best way to get out of your own head and get out of your own ego is to try and be of some kind of service to somebody else. If they're, you know, a person in need, I think you were telling me a story earlier about, um, the woman at the grocery store. Oh yeah. This poor old lady, man, she was Mm -hmm. buying groceries and on the neck check stand over this old woman in a, she was in a motorized scooter too. The ones like she must've unpacked it from her car. Cause I don't think my Safeway has them motorized scooters and she was having a heart attack. Or she was having some type of cardiac problem, and there was a, mm-hmm. uh, a a guy standing over on the phone calling 911, and then there was a middle-aged woman holding this woman's head against her chest, and it fucking tore my heart out. It tore my heart out. They brought her some aspirin, and they're like, well, we don't have any aspirin behind the counter, and the woman's like, I'll pay for the fucking aspirin. Just bring me the aspirin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, come on now, you know? And uh, I, I, the, my my sense of empathy for this woman and the fear she must be feeling, even though you're old, you're still a human being. I mean, God, that's a revelation, right? But what I'm saying is like, (laughs) you still are conscious of things. This is happening right now. This is, you know, so though that thought was running in tandem of this, just this sense of altruism from these two people, this sense of like selflessness was like really kind of fucking powerful. It like fucked me up. I like cried in the car on the way home. I came home and told my wife and like, started breaking up and she's like are you all right and i'm like no man it was like two things running tandem with each other and it's like fucking with my head a little like i was scared for Mm -hmm. this poor woman i felt empathy for her because i'm like i'm gonna be old hopefully i'm gonna be old like that yeah (laughs) one day my wife will be old like that one day you know and also there was this sense of like seeing something happening that was really fucking amazing it was like a fellow person helping out another person they don't know at all Mm -hmm. just for the sake of us all being alive at the same time you know that's that common thread is that we're all alive at the same time i remember even i used to say this to you all the time even while we were drinking and we would go down dark places i'd like look at you and be like dude we're just lucky to all be alive at the same time like we got lucky Mm -hmm. enough to all be born in the same time period and meet each other and like exchange ideas and then to see that happening, not, you know, just to see these two people who don't even know this woman, like care for her, it like it like fucked me up, you know, but yeah. in a good way and in a sad mm-hmm. way. Right. Because then the ambulance came and I was like, man, I need to get out of this parking lot so I don't get boxed in by the ambulance. 
which is also yeah. another thing you know it's like <clears throat> it's complex people are humans are complex things and you know i mean i just heard you say hopefully we'll be you know old one day and i mean i wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't you consider that as a, a, a form of um self-love yes yeah oh absolutely as opposed <laughs> to uh yeah, uh, May of 2014, where I was like, hopefully I don't wake up tomorrow, you know? Yeah. What's the quote? Uh, how's life, Jerry? Taken forever, man. <laughs> Taken <laughs> yes. forever. There's a, uh, it, it reminds me too of a, uh, there's a Chuck Palahniuk quote from the book Invisible Monsters. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly how it came about, but they're throwing postcards off the Space Needle. I remember this, but I don't remember the quote though. And he writes something or she writes something on the postcard to the, to the extent of, um, when did the, when did the future go from being a promise to a threat? threat? Oh yes. And I always love that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I remember because I was a very, you know, in a lot of ways, very cynical and, and negative person, or at least I could be. And I was like, what if I flip those? And so somewhere in early recovery, I started thinking like, Oh, the, the promise or, you know, the future went from being a threat to being a promise and that there's this hope, this idea of like, yeah, yeah, maybe we will get to be old and be together and share some other ideas. And right. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a lot of heady stuff. And yeah, man, I'm not saying that I know anything more than I've learned from a couple of books I have on my shelf and. You know, Life I don't even think that's and, true. I don't yeah. have a couple. Yeah, I got, I got like maybe one book, and like some stuff that I watched on YouTube. You know what I mean? <laughs> you like watch the Alan Karma Watts. Yeah. And, no, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really not so much about how much I know about it, and I'm not trying to sit here and preach to anybody or right. to be an expert witness on the uh, on the things. But these things come up, man, and you just—it's such a we. The idea of stacking the karmic chips, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's not something that, and I like this idea that it's not something you can hoard, you know. These chips expire. It's kind of like spoil, right? Yeah, they spoil, right? Yeah. So it's like a garden, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess that's a better <laughs> life, analogy life than is a poker garden. chips. Dig it, yep. <laughs> yeah. Life is a garden. Dig it. Yeah, <laughs> you're they, making t-shirts. Over I am there. making t-shirts, but they do spoil. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. So you have to give them away yeah. to other people, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like if you got a bunch of produce and you've got too much to eat, you got to share it with your neighbor right. in whatever fashion that is. I mean, it's a metaphor, so, you know, figure it out, whatever whatever that means mm-hmm. to you. But um, I just try to do good, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. I mean, I don't think it's... It's not an easy thing to do either. I'm still very like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll think things like I, I'll need stuff at the grocery store and I'll just not go because, oh God, I might run into somebody I know and then they're going to want to talk to me. And what if they want to shake my hand or they want to wish me well? And it's like, I don't even want to have the conversation, man. What if they want to hug? I wonder, <laughs> exactly. <And you're> like, <laughs> oh God. And so... Like, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's, you know, I, I I don't know what that is. Yeah. But who knows? 
I mean, I don't know if you have that problem with hugs. I have and- it all the time. I don't want to touch anybody, and I always feel awkward as fuck talking to people. But I was going to say my, my concept of karma, and it's a good segue, actually, because my concept of karma was, for me, was to just start caring liking myself because if i were a broken vessel i couldn't be able to carry anything around so i had to kind Mm -hmm. of do the managing and mending of myself before i could go out into the world and spread the gift that is me you know so (laughs) so i think hey but 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 i also want to really stress that like i don't walk around eternally positive with the smile on my face or even just a look of contentment or a look of superiority or whatever it is. I don't, I'm not positive. I would say I am karmically positive about 20 to 30% of the day, which is an improvement. Hopefully I can get to a point where maybe it's 70, which would be great. You know, I'd be batting big league stuff, but, mm-hmm. but it all has to start with like a pebble. Like you, you just has to start with that tiny idea and let it calcify and get bigger to the point where you can share it you know mm-hmm. at least for me personally you know yeah. yeah and you have to you have to be able to give it away i mean it feels good right, right. When you when you can actually like what it, it, it always feels good when there comes an opportunity like oh i can just do something yeah and that does somebody actually yeah somebody said this many years ago and it always kind of stuck with me i haven't always followed it but they said you should never ignore moments of spontaneous generosity yeah like if a thought pops in your head that oh somebody needs help on the side of the road or if you could help i don't know somebody short in line a couple of bucks for groceries or you know a friend calls and you're like why are you calling me man just text me and like maybe pick up the phone and (laughs) you know like maybe they need a ride somewhere Because you never know where that kind of stuff is going to lead you. Um, I, one of the uh, one of my favorite sober people in this world. I've never met him, but you know Danny Trejo. Yeah, I know Danny <laughs> so Trejo from Machete. Yeah, and, he's my and, cousin. Uh, eh? Dust till dawn. Yeah, <laughs> he um he talks about how he got his movie, um, his movie career got started, and he was he went to a set to go help out another drunk who was having troubles. And he was like, I don't know if he was his sponsor or he, they were just friends. And the guy was like, yeah, man, I think I'm just going to drink. I don't fucking care. And he's like, hang on, I'll be right there. And Danny was just, you know, I think he was still fresh out of prison and trying to stay sober. And he came over there and he talked the guy down and he was he was looking the way that he does, you yeah. know, covered yeah. in tattoos right. and buck marks. And um, I and at one point, the guy who was directing the film said, hey, can you um, do you want to be in a movie? And he's like, yeah, sure, I guess. And so I guess he was in some sort of fight scene and they saw him. They saw him do his thing. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, hey, can you come back and teach the teach our actors how to fight? Uh huh. And they were like, for a couple hundred dollars, he's like, yeah, that's the most, just, that's it. Yeah. That's all I got to do is teach these kids how to fight. And, you know, he says that anything good that I've gotten in my life has come from helping other people. Mm -hmm. And he uses that story as an example of like, I was there to help somebody and then something just came along. Yeah. So I guess my, the lesson I give myself and everybody's different, man, and everyone's in a different spot and it's just you 
you've got to put yourself out there to be able to to be able to take whatever's going to happen wherever the karma is man it might be floating around waiting to land in your lap right so maybe i shouldn't feel so bad about going to the whole foods and running into somebody hug all them motherfuckers <laughs> well i mean you could be the next let's... danny trejo <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening. As always, our music is by Neglect. You can find his stuff at neglectsound.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And get a hold of us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. <laughs>